So I was on a mission trip in Costa Rica in a bus with a group on the road from the little town where we were staying to an even smaller town where we were going. And some way, sometime about halfway up the mountain, all the traffic stopped and nothing moved in either direction for quite a long time. And so the bus driver, who was not allowed to leave the bus, asked me as the only more or less Spanish speaker if I would go out and go up and around the bend and see what was holding up the traffic. So out I went, up and over the hill, and it did not take any language skills to figure out what the problem was. There in literally the middle of the road was a dead ox with a man wailing and crying over it, the loss of his companion and also his main economic asset. And as he was grieving, there were two other men who were carefully trying to remove the yoke from the ox so that at least the man could maybe sell the yoke and get some financial help to ease the financial crisis he would now be in because of the loss of his ox. We don't talk much about yokes anymore. We don't see them anywhere unless it's a Cracker Barrel or someplace like that. Some place that wants to give off an ambiance of a time gone by. And when we do think about yokes, it's as a symbol of oppression. Every Advent, we hear the passage from Isaiah about the yoke of the burden, the bar across the shoulders, the rod of their oppressors has been broken as on the day of Midian. Well, we may not want to admit it, or we may not like it, but we are all yoked to something. And our human nature and our times have not changed all that much from the times when Jesus first spoke these words. The Romans, the, excuse me, the Israelites were yoked to Caesar. They were oppressed by the Roman Empire. Our form of government is not nearly as oppressive. And at this time of year, we celebrate our independence from a more tyrannical form of government that was imposed upon us from across an ocean. But even to this day, we still have trouble separating how to give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And we, then and now, were also yoked by our own religious laws. The law that was given to Moses at Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments, was not the problem, was not the burden. 
Psalm 119, the longest psalm with 176 verses, is a poetic ode to the laws. It is a delight, a comfort, a bounty. But the problem was that over time, religious authorities, primarily the Pharisees, developed a set of some 613 other laws to help God out with his laws so that we could define what it meant to honor the Sabbath. How far could you walk? Could you cook? All these kinds of questions. All these questions on all of the 613 different other commandments. Now, I am not some 2,000 years late Gentile making mock of someone else's earlier religious practices. The first Christian council, as recorded in the book of Acts, dealt with what the law, the Jewish law, would be relative to those new Christians, those who had confessed and wanted to, to follow the Messiah. Some of them, the same ones that Peter himself had seen the Holy Spirit fall upon. What would be their requirements? After much debate, Peter stood up and said, why do you try the patience of God? Trying to impose a yoke on the shoulder of these converts, a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors could bear. Paul wrote to the Galatians, for freedom Christ has set us free. So do not fall again into a yoke of slavery. And Jesus himself said of the Pharisees, they tie heavy burdens up upon others and make no effort to help them. We don't like to admit it, but we also are yoked to our own religious laws. Over the past 50 years, not only the United Methodists, but Presbyterians and Episcopalians and Catholics and even the lightly, barely federated Baptist churches have all had their own times of much dissension and discord and debate. Now the issues may vary between the denominations, but the result is always the same, that we are distracted and diverted from making a Christ-like witness to the world. Well, that's enough about the yoke as a burden. The yoke can also be a symbol of magnified or amplified power. At this time of year, we like to celebrate our nation's fabled history, manifest destiny, we called it. I'm not sure that's what God called it, but we called it manifest destiny from sea to shining sea. And the yoke was instrumental in the westward development of our nation. You cannot just throw a rope over an oxen and expect it to pull a Conestoga wagon over 2,000 miles of prairie and mountains. The oxen need a yoke that distributes the weight and gives them more power than they would otherwise have, focuses their power on what they have been called to do.
We don't know what kind of carpenter Jesus was, whether he worked with wood or stone, but if he worked with wood, he certainly knew about yokes. And he promises a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light. We'll begin with easy. It is pretty easy to see that the word easy, as Jesus uses it in this sentence, does not mean easy as we see it. He has already told his disciples of the dangers they would face. There would be beatings and floggings and and family disruption. They would be and we would be, we are sheep in a world of wolves. But easy means, as it's the word that's translated as easy, means well-suited or fitted for a specific purpose. All we need to do is look at the book of Acts, read about Paul and his journeys, his missionary journeys, or in 2 Corinthians, to see what he endured, how difficult the easy path was. But it suited, the yoke suited Paul. It was what he was called to do. I got to see our youth group head off to Wilderness Trail a few days ago. The trail where they are going will not be easy. It will be uphill, it will be downhill. It will be steep one way and one way the other. There will be trees and rocks and roots and streams to cross. It will be difficult. But the path will be made easier because they each have their own backpack, their yoke, that's fitted to them to distribute the weight around their shoulders and their hips where our bodies are designed to bear the weight. So their journey would be easier, will be easier than it would have been without the yoke, without the backpack. The other reason that their journey will be easier is because, by and large, most of the time, they want to be there. The challenge is a part of the appeal. They want to be there. Well, Jesus has something for you as well. He has a yoke for you that's tailored for you. If you apply for a job in the world, anywhere outside of the church, your potential employer has a box for you. And if you can convince them that you can fit into the box that they have for you, then they may hire you. But if you don't fit their box, you have no chance. Jesus and the church, when it's working properly, does it the other way around. Jesus and the church says, who are you? What do you like to do? What makes you feel alive? What gives you a sense of satisfaction, a sense of, of worthiness, a sense of accomplishment, a sense that you're doing something bigger than yourself for someone other than yourself? And go and do that. If you like to cook, go cook. Play with the kids if that's your thing. Teach the adults. Visit the elderly. Visit the sick or the imprisoned. 
Do what makes you come alive. And that is an easy yoke. Jesus also says the burden is light. Well, we are prone to the same ills as people outside of the church. We break the same bones, we catch the same diseases, we have the same operations. But what makes it different is that our burden is lightened because it's shared. In the Christian community, prayers are prayed, casseroles are, are baked, visits are made, cards are sent. All these things seem like little things, but together they make a big difference in the life of the community and in the life of the one who's going through a difficulty. When our youth group gets back, Take a look at their newly acquired Wilderness Trail t-shirts with the logo of, of people, it's a family, with each of them carrying a burden for someone else. And the scripture verse is Galatians, from Galatians chapter 6. Bear one another's burdens, for in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Well, speaking of the law of Christ, Jesus has lessened our burden. He has replaced the 613 various man-made commandments and condensed the Ten Commandments down to two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. On this, these two hang all the law and the prophets. No one would go to the trouble of and feeding and caring for an ox, for buying and fitting a yoke, to do all of that just so it could pull a child's little red wagon. The, yoke, the ox is yoked to something important, something that changes things. It's yoked to a Conestoga wagon that will cross 2,000 miles of prairie and go over the mountains. It will drag a plow that will break up a field so that fruit can be planted. When we wear the yoke of Jesus, we can not only plow the rocky fields to bring forth new fruit, and we cannot merely cross the mountains, but with the yoke of Jesus upon us, we can move them. Thanks be to God. Amen.